This is the MLW Radio Network. This is Front Row Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. I'm just having some of uh, coffee that the Halifax Matt sent me. From you sent coffee? Yeah, I'm drinking coffee. What the fuck? Always does that or Monster Energy drinks or something. Yeah, exactly. The only two things I consume, well, I consume water. Well, he didn't send me coffee. Well, I don't know if you're a coffee person. Jerry and I are coffee aficionados, right, Jerry? Yes, but I, unless I've got big plans in the evening, I don't drink it this late at night. I am, though, having a Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Coffee Stout beer. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Freeze. What do you mean this late at night? It's 7.30 in your neck of the woods. It's not late. Yeah, but I would be up really late if I started drinking coffee now. I can drink a monster about 1 a.m. and I'm fine. Drink to me coffee! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, how I've missed the camaraderie. Well, you know, holiday shopping can be pretty hard when you're trying to find that special gift to put a smile across her face. Well, we got something that'll put a lot more than just a smile over her face. That's BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com will give you the first chewable pill that uh, has the same ingredients as Cialis and Viagra, and it can work up to twice as fast. That's right. Get your first order of Blue Chew by going to BlueChew.com. Once again, your first order is going to be free when you use promo code ECW. Just going to pay the $5 for shipping and handling. So, this holiday season, hide your elf in her shelf by getting a little Blue Chew by going over to BlueChew.com. Remember, promo code ECW. Chew it and and do it. Yes, it won't take very long before you start saying chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken pot, pie. Jerry, what was that sandwich you had on from Outback Steakhouse? Oh, no, it was from Longhorn. Longhorn, yeah. <laughs> Pam so, actually went there for lunch to get a soup and sandwich. Right. And, you know, before tax, it's eight ninety nine. So you're talking $9. And I, it must have taken a while to get, too, because she didn't even get time to eat her sandwich because she was on lunch at work. And so she brought it home to show me. It was one little, like... A half of a half of a chicken breast, like a, a chicken tender, on a full-size bun with some pickles. Now, that may have been how she ordered it, with just pickles, but still, the size of the meat, and I don't know, you know, and some soup, before tax for nine, yeah, and it's supposed to be, a, you know, a step above other restaurants, or that's the way they portray themselves anyway. So it's a half of a half of a chicken breast. Did this uh yeah. did this bird not hit puberty or something? What's going I, on? I'll well, take just, I'll take the flat chested sandwich. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. <laughs> My name is Mike Freeland. Joined tonight by both the ECW legends, Mr. Didn't Jerry Lynn and Mr. Mikey Whipwreck. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Great. Good. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to have you back both on the show with me. Mikey, it's been a while since we've heard your voice, but uh, we had been promised for a while now that there would be a story 
or stories of what all happened at WrestleCade. So would you like to share with us how your experience went? Where? North Carolina. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Good North Kakalaki. Until I had to look at fucking Superhuman all day with a fucking banner the size of fucking... With like he was what? fucking Bret Hart. I don't huh? think this guy should be invited to conventions. <clears throat> I don't understand the concept behind this. What did he have the size of Bret Hart? A banner. This guy has serious? his own booth? He he was a main guest. Oh, for Christ's sake. He's not he a main there, nothing. He was up there with Davey, Davey Boy Smith Jr. No. Sid Vicious. No. Did he have like a huge posse with personal attendance and everything? No, he had good friend Paul. Oh, screw good friend Paul. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, God. I'm working in the podcasting industry. I have a show with two ECW legends. I can't even get invited, but this guy jumps off of a picnic table onto a bunch of, uh, I don't know, thumbtacks and helicopters and jizz and everything else, whoop, and he whoop. gets picked? Oh, whoop, fuck whoop. that guy. All right. So any any stories, anything you want to share from WrestleCade, any of your experiences, anything? Nope. Oh, come on, Mikey. There's not. It there's was, nothing? It's a wrestling it was, convention? and it was, No. It was very uneventful. Did you have fun? Did you enjoy yourself? It was a lovely time. Nice. Who was who was there from the ECW crew? Uh, let's see. With us, it was Shane Douglas. Okay. Just incredible. Nice. Uh, Rhino. Nice. Sandman. Okay. Pitbull number one. Okay. Uh, Bubba was there floating around. Okay. Devon was there floating around. Uh, who else? Fonzie was there. Very cool. Blue Meanie was in the house. Was Franny With there? Tricky McVomp. Nope. Franny okay. is a. Uh, Still recovering at home. Shout out to Franny, too, by the way. She's been having some struggles of late. Yeah, she's not feeling so hot. You're in our thoughts, Franny. Hope you feel better and hope you get a quick recovery. So it was good seeing everybody there? Not really. Some people. Okay. You needed me there, Mikey, didn't oh you? Oh, my God. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> you, you knew but, what I was... Mikey, tell, tell Freeland what I did to you. You fuck. So... <laughs> On the FaceTime. So he... He FaceTimes me. Okay. And I'm talking to him. And he goes, hey, is that so-and-so behind you? I look and go, I don't know. So I actually took the turn the camera around and and showed him who it was. He goes, oh, yeah, that's – I forget who it was now. Camille. Right. I said, oh, yeah, that's her. Oh, let me talk to her. I go, oh, come on. That means I have to go over there now and I have to introduce myself to this total stranger. This is fantastic. <laughs> So I'm like, uh, I'm like, hi, my name's Mikey. <laughs> I'm Jerry Lynn on the phone. I'd like to talk to you. Oh, then she got all excited to talk to Jerry. And I'm sitting there holding the phone. I'm going, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I just want to say, give it back to me when you're done. Well, her boyfriend's Bram. Yeah. Oh, that's, another, that's a fucking another one. So then after he's done talking yeah. to her, well, she says. And I oh, asked yes. her if. Yeah, go ahead. He says. He goes, oh, is Brand there? She's like, oh, yeah, he's down on the other side of the room at the NWA table. He's like, oh, okay. Well, it's nice talking to you. He goes, hey, I'm like, go find Bram. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you should have yes. done Yes. <laughs> so now I have to walk. All, I'm walking down now through this herd of people. And I'm waiting there talking to this guy, Bram. I feel like a, like a, a fucking fan. Like I'm waiting for someone to stop talking to him. <laughs> I walk up to Mike. Hello, person I don't know. My name is Mikey. I have Jerry Lynn. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. So then he starts talking to Jerry. And I'm sitting there waiting. Anyway, there's some guy, question mark, looking at me. I'm like, oh, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm the fucking <laughs> the valet just carrying around the phone. Uh, so they talked for about five minutes. I said, anybody else you want to fucking talk to? I said, I thought you called to talk to me. This is awesome. <laughs> I did. The Mikey Whipwreck social experience. Uh, oh. Oh, I wanted to kick you in the scar incision. Oh, oh I'm sure. <laughs> Good Lord. Jerry, that was awesome. So Thank you that. for doing that. That makes me happy. Well, I didn't plan it to happen. It was just impromptu, This way just happened to be standing behind me the row over. Right. Hey, is that, is that I go, I don't know. <laughs> he was just going to see how far he could do that. That's great. No. Otherwise, I'd have kept it going. Oh, that would have been the fucking worst. I could just see it now. Is it just me? Yeah. Everybody gets excited when they know they're going to talk to Jerry. They're like, oh, Jerry. I don't know. Some might, might want to hide. No, no, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, me. Jerry's uh, calling. Ignore. Yeah, if he's going to be FaceTime. Answer. Yeah. Wow. Denied. All right, so... She was sitting by me the whole time. Every time I looked at her, she looked at me like, who farted? Okay. <laughs> wow. That's when you do Eddie Sharkey's old shtick. What's that? He would let the the worst, most vile, silent, but deadly fart loose in an elevator if there was a hot chicken there. And a bunch of the boys would come, of course. And just as the doors open, <clears throat> he would turn and look at her and go, Pig, and then walk out. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. oh my god, oh that my. takes balls! Oh, yeah, uh, wow. Russell, Russell Cave was fun. Well, good, 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 good. I'm glad you had a good time and hang out with our hung out with our buddy Chris Hughes. Now, you didn't do anything stupid on the show, did you? Oh, here's the fucking rib on this. Oh, boy. So I say to Chris, am I doing anything on the show? He goes, well, Jerry was supposed to be the special guest referee with Rhino and C.W. Anderson. Oh, that would have been fun. He goes, and you were supposed to be something on the outside. I said, okay. He goes, so I don't know, so maybe you'll be the guest reference to the Jerry. I'm going, oh, there's a fart in church. (laughs) (laughs) So he says to me at like 4 o'clock, we're wrapping this thing up, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. He says, okay, Mikey, uh, you go back to the hotel with, with Sandman. I said, okay. So I think I'm done, right? So how can I go? We get something to eat. I go back to the hotel room. I'm going, Chris will be back to like midnight. I can just relax. I can I can do whatever the hell I want. Well, next thing you know, oh. I go, hello. Hey, you ready? I go, for what? To go to the show. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? So he sent somebody to come pick us up. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, yeah, Chris said you're on the show. He was supposed to call you. Next thing you know, my phone rings. I go, hello, Chris. He goes, hey, so I sent my buddy to pick up. I go, yeah, I know. He's here already. I said, I thought I was done. If I know if I had to go back, I would have stayed there. So I, I go, what am I doing? If I'm doing something stupid, I don't want to do it. Like, I'll just stay here if it's if it's all you. Like, well, you know, you work the show, he gets a kickback on, on some of the, the cost of the table or whatever. I said, okay, I'll go. So I go back to the building, and I'm walking around, and 
I look at the lineup. I don't see my name anywhere. Uh, Chris, what am I doing? He goes like, uh, you're not doing anything. I said, what? He goes, you're not doing anything. What? I said, I'm leaving. Where's that guy? How'd that change within 10 minutes? I don't know. So then, about 15 minutes. So, so then, the guy he sends me home with, he almost drives off the road about four or five times. His defroster doesn't work. I go, geez, I can see it now. End up on the side of the road. And and Hack didn't have a stick. Sammy didn't have his cane with him. He left it in the room. So he gives Are me you his serious? Yeah, so he gives me his hotel room key and his keys to the car. And he goes, yo, I need you to go back. When you go back, give this guy a stick. I'm going, from where? He goes, oh, it's in my room. I go, <clears throat> okay. So he's where the room was. Where the room, you know, what room he was in, what where the stick was. So he calls me like five minutes after we leave. Do you have stick? <laughs> I said, no. I said, we didn't even get there yet. Call me as soon as you get there and you're leaving and send him back with the stick. I need to know this is good. I said, okay. So after dying about four or five times, we get back. I go up. I get the stick. I bring it down. I call. I go, stick is on the way. Oh, I have major heat with Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. I go, why? He goes, I told her women have no business being in the main event. Oh, I said, okay, I got to go. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> so, did you go into the building or no? I went back to the hotel. I sent the guy with the stick. Stick back. And then I, I so, still go. Did you see Sandman at all after that? Or no? Oh, yeah. So, I went to go eat. So, did he, or did you ask him why would you say that? Well, I, I it was I'm all getting, over the internet the the moment he said it. At this point it was like ten o'clock. And I'm like, ah I guess I get something to eat. And there's an outback steakhouse, which they completely fucked me, but that's all beside the point. So I see Hack, he goes, what? Yo, listen listen to this. So I tell Tessa Blanchard that I didn't think that they should have been in the main event. Oh whatever the fuck he said. He goes, Can you believe that? They have the great mood on girl <laughs> in the main event. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. Know. I was like, okay. I just kind of like, okay. Would you put the girls in the main event? I'm going, uh, probably not. No. Can I go now? <laughs> oh Jesus! So he was all fired up about that. He goes, we should make an angle out of this where I could, where I could wrestle the girls. I said, yes. You'll see. You'll wrestle her, but you won't wrestle her in the main event. Oh my God! I'm encouraging. <laughs> Great. Oh no! Now Mikey's booking the angle. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I, I just want to get my full chicken breast on my sandwich. And... <laughs> Good luck. <clears throat> was it that part was interesting? So it, it was a good. It was a good weekend. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. doesn't believe that women should be in the main event. That's his stance, and that's not a. That's not a. That's a shoot. He believes. I don't that. think that's. I don't think that's his stance. Okay. I think it, it depends what they I have. I think he was referring to since Muda was on the show. Yeah, they had people like that on the show then. You know. And he said he should have been in the main event either. And he wasn't. Interesting. So I don't know. I, I didn't really get into it with him. Well, we got uh, plenty of things that we can go into if you guys uh, are ready to indulge in some wrestling conversation. Are you ready? I've been ready. I guess we should. We have 14 minutes. Uh, which is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Wow. All right. You better make it snappy. So we heard about your WrestleCade experience. I'm glad you had a good time there. It sheds a little bit of light on the comments that were made by Sandman, which, as I mentioned before, uh, kind of sparked a controversy all over social media. But I'm glad that we have some context into what it was actually about. So that's a good thing. Um, got about three or four things I want to get your opinions on, both of you. So we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame. We're going to be talking about Ryback. We're going to be talking about Chelsea Green and Zack Ryder, two people that you guys are very familiar with, and uh, and potentially a few other things. But the first thing I want to get to with you guys is this. The WWE has announced their first two inductees for the Hall of Fame this year. And one of them is going to be the NWO. Let me first ask you your opinion on this. Worthy of WWE Hall of Fame? <laughs> Did you say anything, Mikey? I'm waiting Mikey. To me, I don't know. You know... They need a headliner. There you go. The, how many legends still aren't in there? Not many. Davey no. Boy Smith. No, He's if not you go in. way back, there's probably a ton. Huh? There's a few. There's a Virgil's about not Bobby in. Eaton? Bobby's in. Yeah, I think he's in. Is he in? Yeah. Oh, the Midnight Express? Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, I don't think the Midnight Express is in. I'd have to check. They're not in. The Rock Rock and Roll Roll Express are in. Yes. (laughs) My favorite tag team. Um, So is that a yes or a no with you guys? Do you think the NWO deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, they were a big part of the... uh... You know, one of the hottest times in wrestling with the Monday Night Wars and stuff. In my opinion, they were bigger than DX. In my opinion, they were more influential than DX. Therefore, well, they, I put well, them higher than They were DX. what sparked it. They were what started it. Correct. With Hogan turning heel. Right. You know, no one ever thought that would ever happen. So you agree, Jerry, that you think they should be in the Hall of Fame? You think they're Hall of Fame worthy? Sure. Yeah, Which, you know, it sparked a huge... It sparked a huge time in wrestling. Yep. It did. Big resurgence. Mikey, what's your take? Oh, they should definitely be it. Well, this was a conversation that came up on Booker T's show, and he was talking about uh, the NWO getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he said, you know what? Here's where I have my beef. You got Horace Hogan, Virgil, Scott Norton, Conan, Buff Bagwell, The Giant, Lex Luger, Sting, <laughs> Teddy DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, and myself in Stevie Ray. We should be getting rings as well. So basically his bone of contention with all of this is he believes that everybody who is associated with the NWO, even if they're not going to be on stage, deserves a WWE Hall of Fame ring. Sure. What are your your thoughts on that? And is that something that's going to fly? It should. It's almost like in the Oscars when some big movie gets it and the whole freaking entourage goes running up on stage with them. And everyone gets credit together. Why not? Well, the the point that I think that WWE would make if they were to make one is not all the horsemen got one. Sting was in the horsemen at one point. Barry Windham was in the horsemen at one time. Ole Anderson obviously was in the horsemen at one time. There were a lot. Sid Vicious was in the horsemen. There was a lot of horse. Wasn't Paul Roma in the horsemen Paul at Roma. one time? Yep. There's a lot of guys who were in the horsemen. So at the end of the, the day. Right. Kurt Henning. Mongo McMichael. Right. That's right. So I think that if the WWE is going to look at it, I think they're going to pick and choose who they want to 
have represent a certain faction. Here's where, where I completely don't understand. Why is Eric Bischoff not a part of that group? Because it's whoever's in Vince's good graces. So you're going to induct the NWO, but the guy who created the NWO, the leader of the NWO, will not be in. It's just interesting in my opinion. Well, you can look at it another way too. Look at uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, which, I mean, they have other people in the Hall of Fame who aren't even rock and roll. Do you think so, – continue. No, go ahead. Do you think – okay, you got the Cauliflower Alley Club, and they have their own Hall of Fame. It's in your opinion, or is it in your opinion, that that Hall of Fame is respected more as the Hall of Fame when it comes to professional wrestling? Or do you think people consider WWE's a legitimate Hall of Fame? I think it, it's who you talk to, who you ask the question to. Because isn't there another wrestling Hall of Fame in, I forget what state it is. Isn't there one in, like, Waterloo, Iowa or something? I can't remember. That's a good question. I have to look into that. But I know Cauliflower Alley Club has theirs. And well, there's so many wrestling Hall of Fames. Here's my take. I'm not in any of them, so fuck. <laughs> yes, you are. You're in one. I'm NYWC's. NYWC. We're not talking about them. Right. Well, I'm just saying. Right. If you'd like you're, to talk about them, I'd be more than happy to. I guess my, my point, though, is I just find it very interesting that – and I mean I think Booker T has a good point here. You know, Why is it only specific guys? And, and I think Jerry mentioned it. I guess it's whoever's in Vince's good graces at that time. But what's why would the Giant – I mean he's in everybody's good graces. Lex Luger, Sting, they're in good graces as well. But I guess – if they're looking to do the originals, it should just be Hall, Nash, Hogan, and Bischoff because those were the four guys who started it. But that's just my take. Another thing I want to talk to you guys about is Ryback. Now, I'm, have you guys had any time to get to know Ryback, talk to Ryback, have any experiences with him? I've only talked to him a few times. Yeah, I've, I think I've only met him once. Okay. Well, Ryback has his own podcast, and he obviously talks about a lot of different things. And it was interesting. He had a couple of uh, discussion points that he had brought up. And one of them was keeping surprises in wrestling. And with the recent announcement that John Morrison has returned to WWE, he thinks, in his opinion, that should have been kept quiet and tight-lipped. And when the surprise came, it would have been more impactful for the audience. Instead, WWE jumps on their social media and announces that he's signed with them. So I guess my first part to you guys is, do you agree that it should have been kept quiet and then when he debuts, it's more of a surprise for the audience? Or do you think, no, this day and age, you know, with social media, it, it would have gotten out anyway, so why don't we just jump ahead of it and, and release it on our own first? Mikey? Uh, I see both sides of it, honestly. It's, uh, I think they it, should have kept it quiet and have it be a surprise. Otherwise, it's you, you've missed out on a good opportunity. Like I and, think you could, I think you could have announced that you signed him because that would have leaked anyway, and then just keep him in the background for a while until you're ready. When you do debut him, that's like a surprise. Like no one expects him to be there. You could have done that. Because they put everything on that corporate website now, so. Well, that you know, that's the sad thing is no, there's no surprises anymore nowadays. Well, and no. that's kind of the point that he was getting to. 
He says, I wish WWE would announce some stuff and just let it appear as a surprise. I would imagine that it wouldn't be that difficult. Um, it is. It's more difficult, you know, because everyone's got social media. Even the boys will get on social media mm-hmm. and blow things before it happens. But uh, like TNA, the only time and here's the here's the kicker. They would always accuse the boys of leaking stuff. And the only time they kept a secret was when Kurt Angle appeared. And it didn't leak out because they made everyone in the office sign confidentiality agreements that they wouldn't say a word. And that's the only time it was a surprise and no one found out. So who's that tell you that's leaking all the info? Yep. Who's fucking with the pottery? Sorry, that's my drink. It's my water cup. It's oh. one of those stainless steel ones that keeps it cold. I and I got say. the uh, I got the steel reusable straw too. Look at you. Yeah, you, you care about the environment, Jerry Lynn. You're a good man. But I hate paper straws. <laughs> They're that's the right. fucking worst. Whoever came up with a paper straw? That's right, Bubba. It must have must have been sipping out of a kid's cup. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. I hate it when I go to a restaurant. Here's your paper straw. Thanks. You better lower. The, you better give it a smaller cup. Yeah. Halfway through your drinks, disintegrated. Yeah. You got paper flecks floating in your fucking cup. Yeah. And bring some polysporin for when I pull it off my lip, it tears the skin off with it. Yeah, polysporin. <laughs> were just raging right there about paper straws. Shit. Don't get me started. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the second thing that Ryback brought up. The inventor of the paper straw can go fuck his ass. Should be drawn and quartered. Oh, my God. Should be drawn and quartered. That's right. With the big Budweiser horses. Ever since this fucking chicken sandwich thing happened, Jerry, you're out of control. It's like something well, you know a, what something you hit a nerve cost, with you. You know what it costs to go out to eat nowadays. It is. It's expensive. It, it, it's crazy. It is. It's ridiculous. So at least you know. Uh, don't get me started again. Drawn and quartered with the Budweiser horses, and then Mikey <laughs> says they can go fuck them out. What? <laughs> They can go I hope he didn't themselves. mean the horses. I, you know what? With that being said, let's move on to the second part. When I go to fucking McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And I get a fucking milkshake. I want the white, red, and yellow straw. The real thick one. It really, you know, it's it's good and thick in your mouth. <laughs> really substantial. Wow. Wow. I am not even going to. Nope. Nope. Not falling for that. The big, you know, like a big thick one in my mouth. Yep. Like a big gherkin. Wow. <laughs> Listen to all the cock comments this week, everybody. Not coming I'm from me. I'm talking pickles. You have Fucking the ass, there. pickles, straws Where? in the mouth. I want my, my mouth wrapped around it. Yeah. Don't. How do you get Listen here, Lynn. Pickles? All right. Go eat your jizz cherries. All right. I don't need any more of this. Uh, it's water. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure you still have some of those from last week. People were what? sending me pictures all about the different cherries. Oh, yeah. You remember that now, don't you, yeah. my friend? Yeah. People were sending me DMs of cherries that they picked up at the store. They went, hey, this is the kind Jerry likes. I don't know how you to answer that. You deserve it. 
I do. You had to go straight to the man juice. No, you said, "Ooh, I like them big dark chocolates in my mouth." No, yo, believe you did, my friend. And then I I said, said "The chocolate covered cherries had to have the clear liquid in them in the middle." Yeah, and you said, "I don't like that thick white creaminess." You said that. Yeah, and and you went straight for the right. mm Mm-hmm. The zabada. Yeah, because we all know that something comes out of something that's dark chocolate and it's creamy substance is not going to lead you there. Okay. Say dark chocolate. All right, that's fine. Good God, it's like Stevie Wonder reading a roadmap. All right, let's just move on here from paper straws. Wow, really? Dicks and all that. (laughs) You give us a hard time for midgets. That's not what they're called anymore. That is not what they're called. Well, the second thing Ryback had to say was regarding AEW. So Ryback says he feels... Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. This is is where Jerry leaves the program. He'll be back uh, in five minutes. (laughs) I promise this is my only comments. Because it's relevant to the temperature and the climate of wrestling as we speak. So Ryback, other comment was he mentioned AEW, and he says that he sees a lot of things that they're doing really, really well. Obviously, it's going to be taking time. He sees a lot of effort being put forth. But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just going to talk about the bad things. And then he talks about how he feels as good as he's felt in a very, very long time. And this is a quote. I'm very open. Once I'm completely healthy, I'm going to make that phone call to Cody Rhodes. So my question to Mikey Whipwreck. (laughs) is Mikey let me ask you this question knowing the character of Ryback and knowing his type of personality mixing with the different stars in the company would you like to see Ryback in an AEW ring or do you think he might be better suited maybe in an NWA or a ring of honor etc etc if Cody and the Bucks want to see him in an AEW ring then I'd like to see him in an AEW ring I like him. I really like the big guy, and I think he brings a lot of an, an energy and intensity. I think a lot of people like the feed me more. Uh, I feel like he wasn't positioned the right way in WWE, and I think hitting the reset button and going to a different venue, having a new start would be really good for him. I'd like to see him. He also mentioned that he is disappointed that CM Punk didn't sign with AEW, that that was a big, big, big mistake and a bummer. Punk didn't want to sign with AEW. He didn't. He didn't. Okay, there you go. That's that's all there is to say about that. So that was his comments. Uh, Next coming up is Chelsea Green. She's been lashing out at fans recently over the fact that they're chanting Zack Ryder's name when she's in the ring wrestling her matches. So Green, who's been who is engaged to be married to superstar Zack Ryder, took to Twitter to express her frustrations over fans calling out Zack's name while she's in the ring. Um, she wrote, "People like you are the reason why women with successful partners must work ten times harder to prove themselves." Google me. I don't see Zack Ryder winning the Impact Championship. I don't see Zack Ryder wrestling Penta for me. Didn't see him breaking bones instead of me. Let me ask you this question. There's some other comments she's made. Do you feel like it's disrespectful to her that they chant Zach's name when she wrestles? That's wrestling fans. I don't see it as a disrespectful thing. I think they just know that they're together. And I think a lot of people are huge fans of Zach. 
not only from what he does in the ring, but he's really popular on social media, with the podcast, with the YouTube channel. That's just my opinion. Wrestling chants chant really weird things. This Sometimes is true. for no reason. This is true. This is like our topic a few weeks ago. You got to have thick skin out there. No, I agree. And you so- know what? Instead of letting and get, being upset about it, acknowledge it. If you're going to let it all, if you're going to air so many personal parts of your life on social media, you're just going to have to go with the flow and go with it. I agree. And if they're out there chanting, just acknowledge it. Say, yeah, that's my man. You know? Don't well, get all pissed off about it if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna let everyone know, everyone out there know that who you're in a relationship with. And I love them both. She's sweet, and he's a great guy. They're a great couple. Yeah. Well, she also went on to say, "I don't think people understand how disrespectful it is to undermine my hard work, tweeting about my partner, calling out his name, or chanting while I'm wrestling." Um, I said this before. This is just going to encourage them more. It clearly needs to stop. No, no, I agree completely. Unless this is an angle, unless she's trying to elicit some response. She a heel? Not to my knowledge. I just don't understand why this is a subject of conversation. Like, don't you want them to say something? If they're dead quiet, then that's completely the opposite of what you're trying to elicit, right? Right. So... Why can't WWE take this and go, maybe we should pair them up. Maybe we should pair Zach, since we're not using him, and put him in NXT with her. It don't work that way. They're not. Then they're letting the fans book their own show. Yep. So you just have to But they're either... not even utilizing him. He's, he's good, and so is his partner, right. and they're not using him. What's the <clears> point? <throat> is it just... It's just the fans be being fans, or... you know? Right. I mean, you, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, there is things you can do about it. Like I said, either go with the flow, acknowledge it, say, yeah, you know, joke around with the fans about it. Or kick kick it up a notch in the match and take their attention away from it. Because when I, when I was wrestling and I was in time filler matches... I always tried to give the fans something to remember, even if it was just a meaningless time filler match. Do something like that. Take their mind off it. Make them look at something you did in the match and go, holy crap. And that NXT crowd at Full Sail, they're all smart. So that's the crowd you're working in front of. Right. Like the AEW fans, they're all smart too. They play, they play around. They play nice. They play fun. Yeah. I don't think they're meaning anything, any harm by it. Neither do I. Because it's not it's like in the old East. Yeah. It's not like in the old ECW days what the crowd would chant at the girls. Like she's a crack whore. And yeah. But see, the thing with Fran, she rolled with it. She played well, into that. And she. That's just. But that's, she, I'm sorry. That's she's just good. It. Well, back then, everyone understood. You ha- and you had to have thick skin. Nowadays, no. it seems like no one does. And they're mm-hmm. going to be offended by any little thing the fans say. No, that's part of the business. Have Especially either- if you're a heel. You want them to be vicious on you. Then you know you're doing your job right. Have either one of you guys, and you're not going to have to name names, but have ever been in a locker room where 
a performer has been upset or pissed or emotional about something someone said to them, an audience member? Yeah. I've seen baby faces do it in the ring. Wow. <laughs> and wow. in ECW. And I'm not going to say who it is, but I've seen the baby oh, face. Oh, we're talking later. Off, but, well, yeah, we are. We're, I've seen the baby face get all upset about what the crowd was saying and chanting to him in the match. And he got on the mic, cut a promo, and turned himself heel, still thinking he was a baby face. And I've seen yeah. it happen on several occasions. I've seen it happen with different people on different shows. So you have it's seen like it. You, get oh, yeah. It. It's wow. ridiculous. Wow. You have to learn. Yeah, what this, to, this, go ahead, Mikey. There goes Jerry. He's going on a rant here. I but, know. Uh, this is fantastic. I'm loving it. You have to learn what to play into and what to ignore. <clears throat> it's very simple. There's, there's really no other thing than that. Well, what's even more simple and basic is this business isn't about stroking our egos. It's first and foremost a business about making money. So, and you make money by building a bigger house, and you do that by getting people's emotions all worked up and making them want to come back and buy another ticket and bring more friends with them and say, you got to see this. I'm still waiting for the money part. <laughs> uh, me too, me too, Mikey. <laughs> I guess I just, I'm just very confused. But that's the problem. That the people who get all bent out of shape, it's not about your ego. This business is not about stroking your ego. It's make believe. Unless they're making so, unless they're making an angle out of this whole situation, right? The and only, I see. the only thing she should have done was just ignored it. Right, I agree. And eventually, it will just stop. Because here's the thing: she's good. She's really good. Yeah, she she's doesn't awesome. need to worry about what what these people are saying. And I think you you made the point before. They could be saying some really derogatory things, but I think the temperature that we're in right now in society, I don't think they're going to – fans, at least in my opinion, I could be completely wrong, are probably not going to go the filthy route anymore. I think that has kind of passed. Um, now let me ask you this question, you guys. Maybe not necessarily something directly back in the day that upset somebody, and you guys obviously confirmed that, that you've seen that. How do you guys feel as wrestlers when you hear the chance this is boring? I've always wanted to get a wrestler's opinion about that. Have you ever heard that when you're in the ring? Have you ever been backstage when that has been chanted for other wrestlers? And what are the responses or do the more experienced guys just tend to tune that out? Go ahead, Mikey. Well, it's happened to me before. And you have two options, really. You can either keep doing what you're doing, knowing that eventually you'll get them, or you change gears and go a different direction because what you're giving them, they're not buying. And it really all depends on what, what position you are in the, in the match. You know, like if you're in the middle of the heat and you're working a hold and they're, that this is boring thing, that's fine. I, I, that didn't really bother me at all because I knew, you know, once we get to the comeback and things like that, we'll get them back. But if it's you're actually working and you're in the process of actually moving around and they're not buying it, then you need that's where you need to have the ability to stop, regroup, and go a different direction to give them something they do want. Now, do you exactly. find do you find you guys? This is for both of you. Do you find that that the ability to do that, what you just expressed, Mikey, is that only comes with time? 
and that only comes with people who are experienced and who've been in that situation. If somebody's young and they're new in the business, that could rattle them and really throw off the entire complexity of the match. It does. It, it rattles some of the people that have been around for a while because the style nowadays is to call a lot of shit. Well, and, plus you have to know where you're at. Yeah. Are you wrestling in the middle of nowhere in Alabama or are you up in New York City or, you know, you got to know what your crowd is. Yeah, because well, you're, you're going to give a different match in Dothan, Alabama than you are in New York City. It's been told that the more, I don't want to say vicious, but just more bloodthirsty, well, that's the same line of wording, but are in the more in the Northeast. And then if you go down South, that's more of the... It, it, it's, it's not even all totally where or geographically where in the country either. It could be what that particular company has given and educated their loyal fans to. What style of wrestling? I know down south there are some pretty bloody <laughs> matches down there. Oh yeah, that uh, what is it? IWA Deep South that does that Carnage Cup every year. I've talked about them before. Yeah, you know. So you've got your little indie promotions all over the country that like to do death matches. Then you've got independent promotions that like to do normal, old school type matches that are more family friendly. And you know, you've got you know, and then even uh, out in California, you had Pro Wrestling Gorilla that had the top indie talent from all over the place doing all the crazy stuff. I mean, it just depends on what each company has educated their loyal fans that show up every show to yep. see. And like Mikey said, I think I've told you guys about this before. I did a show in um, Georgia, and I was working with Elix Skipper, and the guy wanted us to do like a 20-minute X Division extravaganza. And right before us was a girls' match. And so we went out there, and we were doing some – I think after the third big opening double face blah blah, you know, bing 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 spot, someone yells, "We want the girls." And so I looked over at the guys and I said, "Who wants the girls?" And one guy raises his hand and his buddy's pointing at him. And that was when I had the long hair. I said, "You want the girls?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I flipped my hair and I snapped, and the place popped. And I looked at Elix. I said, "No more X Division. It's comedy here on out." Yeah. So like Mikey said, if they're and we were out there killing ourselves and it was still they weren't buying it. But then on the other hand, like you said, too, if you're out there busting your butt, doing a great match and you're in the heat and you got a hold or something and a hold isn't just a hold for rest. A My hold. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, it's for rest. But a hold is for other things, too. It's to establish the body part you're working. It's also to give the people a pause in the action to give the people their input into the match. It's for different reasons. But if if I've had matches where I've had a guy in a hold and the people start chanting boring and the guy I'm working, you know, with had less lot less experience and he's yeah. going he let's starts go, panicking. Go, he's go. going, yeah. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I go, you know what we're gonna do? He goes, What? I go, we're gonna sit here. And we're going to really make them want to see something. So when we give it to them, they're going to spunk in their jeans. And that's what always happens. Spunk in their jeans. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that's a 
school term. I never thought I'd hear the word spunk from Jerry Lynn, but guess what, guys? Expect the unexpected on Front Row Material. Sam's right. You guys are a bad influence on me. Okay, on a serious note, okay? When you're training somebody, Mikey, when you're training someone, Jerry, seminars, is there any discussion about how to handle situations like we've just talked about? Or is it all just the physical training? Jerry, I think you and I kind of talked about this before last week, but this discussion really kind of accentuates that topic of you ever have the guys just pull up a chair and the gals and just say, hey, this is how you deal with a crowd that may heckle or somebody who may say this? Or do you guys instill in them your experiences as well? Or is that more of on-the-job training when, when they get out there, they have to figure it out themselves? For me, it's usually a lot of on-the-job training uh i mean because you could tell them you know well you if this happens do this if this happens do this if this happens do this if they do this but then they do this then you do this like it gets too complicated yeah it's one of those you you, you play in your match go out there and just do what you're gonna do you know and as you get more experience as you get to learn to call more audibles in the ring where you can change direction or you can uh, get to the point where you can control somebody you're working with. And like Jerry said, no, oh, we're going to sit here a little bit. I'm not going to worry about this. We're just going to sit here and we're going we're gonna to wait. And we're going to make them spunk in their pants a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you, know, you can't tell them everything going through training. Well, a, a lot of this no. stuff, there, on, there's honestly, so much. 90% of it is on the job. Yeah, I could teach everybody moves, right? And I could teach everybody how to transition from one thing to another, and I could teach everybody the basic layout of a match. You know, the, the different ways you can go about it. You want to start hot? You want to start slow? Like how are we? You know, how are we going to get there? You can teach that stuff. But when it actually comes to the actual little nuances that come up during matches, you can only learn during a match. Right. You need that crowd to feed off of. Like when I do seminars. Like I used to roll around in the ring with everyone when I still could, just so they could feel how it's supposed to feel. Because I would lock up with guys, and it'd be like they just about would break my neck on the lockup. It's like, whoa, you know, don't hurt me. But uh, now, you know, I'll, you know, I'll have, and I won't do drills because I know they've a, if they're in camp, they're going to be drilled to death. And B, if they're done with camp and they've already been wrestling a couple of years, I don't need to put them through drills. But I will try to explain to them, you know, a lot of psychology that, you know, how, what, why, when, where, stuff like that. And it's a lot. And I know they're not going to soak it all in. And I'm sure every time I do a seminar, I miss stuff. But, you know, I'll have them also wrestle each other in mini matches and I'll critique them and explain what what and I always try and say something positive. I try not to butcher them and just negative, negative, negative. I always try and say something they did good too. But then I will explain something they did wrong and how it could be done better and why. But uh, it, but it, like Mikey said, a lot most of it's on the job. The more ring time you get, the better you will get. And you can go to camp every day for eight, ten years. And you're not going to get any better. You're only going to get better by wrestling in front of crowds. Well said. 
Um, kind of piggybacking on that situation, I wanted to bring up somebody who I thought was a good example of being able to handle criticism or you know hecklers, heat, whatever you want to call it from the audience, and just really go with it. How good is MJF, you guys? Oh, he's very good. Oh, my God. I could watch that man for two hours, just him. I mean, he's just that entertaining. Well, he's... You don't see a lot of really good heels with real heat anymore. And that's what makes him great and entertaining. I mean, and I've, and I've always said, and I will say it till I die one good heel with a lot of heat is better than it. It's more important and worth more money than a dozen baby faces. Yep. Just on his social media account, it's, it, it's hysterical. Like he'll say stuff just to, I guess, just to elicit a response from people. But, I mean, I've seen him do this on live national television as well. Um, late night thoughts. Fat people are actually the worst. <laughs> and it's like he just sits back and just lets the shitstorm explode. And it's just, it's so funny. He, I think he said something right here. He goes, hot take, Star Wars sucks. <laughs> I mean, he'll say anything, whatever's relevant at that time, just to see how far he can push the envelope and... It's so exciting to see somebody the, like that. And the great thing is you can, he can do it without cursing. Oh, yeah. And and that's awesome because I've been on shows where they bring me in. It's a packed house, not just because of me. Mind you, they had Rock and Roll Express on the show, you know, all kinds of people. Some idiot gets on the microphone and starts MFing and stuff. Next time the show is. Uh, half the crowd's gone. Right. The parents don't want to bring their kids and have them listen to a bunch of that. No. Well, let me ask you this question. In ECW, obviously, I'm, I'm comparing two different genres and obviously right. two different generations. Right. But Shane Douglas, he uh, he got pretty filthy at times. I'm well, sure. did Jerry. <laughs> I, I did a little bit back then, too. I was oh, in a some fucking snow. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, Mark. I was just going to bring that quote up. Hey, fat ass, go sell some fucking snow cones. Holy shit. By the way, we've been getting really good feedback from uh, Overbooked. Right, Mikey? We've been getting a lot of great feedback on uh, the last uh, few chapters that we've covered. So keep those comments coming your way or my way, I should say. And uh, two more chapters are going to be released. So excited. They should be coming in a few days. All right. That's going to do it for Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whitbrick for our esteemed producer, the Halifax Matt. I am Mike Freeland. We'll catch you next time on Front Row Material. All right. The world of NLW Radio never stops.